0: When you have something that just gives you this little marker and say, look, guess what? It's like doing a a car MOT. You know, just check what you're drinking. That's why I call it a a lifestyle assessment rather than, you know, putting people in a box and saying, oh, you have a drinking problem.
1: Welcome to the Tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober or just plain sober curious, you need a Tribe. Tribe leader Janet Gorond.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober and I'm your host for this podcast. We believe it's really, really hard to change your drinking alone. So we're all about community, we're about keeping each other on track. Each week, we feature a community voice. Just to give you a flavour of the awesomeness of our tribe, here's a lady from one of our WhatsApp groups.
3: Hi all. I just have to share my Friday win with you. Um, I'm sitting in my car, I'm still too overwhelmed to actually move and I thought I might just have to share this with you before I can do anything else. I am a key accounts manager um, for quite a large company And I've just been in a meeting with one of our agricultural customers. And after the meeting, the the CEO called me aside and said, Marcel, I just have to tell you, you're back. And I said, what do you mean I'm back? He said, you've been gone. I don't know where you've gone to. And I can't remember for how long, but you're back. And we're so glad to have you back. Nothing makes me happier. So thank you. I've only been on this journey for two weeks now and already the differences are so tangible.
2: So if you want to join our tribe and connect with others on this path, just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. So our first expert is scientist Jean-Din Mamont he's going to talk to us about the CDT test. When I was drinking a bottle of wine every night, I was vaguely aware that I was harming myself, but because I never saw any proof of that, I just carried on doing it. Now, if my doctor had done a CDT test on me and shown me the results in black and white, I think that would have shocked me into making a change. So this episode is all about explaining what a CDT test is and how you can get one. I started our conversation by asking Jean to tell me a bit about himself and how he discovered the CDT test.
0: Indeed, well, hello everybody and all the, your, your listeners. Well, I'm uh, Jean-Den I've been uh, living in the UK for the past 43 years now, particularly based in London. And originally I was born in, uh, on the island of Mauritius, which is not too far from South Africa. And so I'm uh, familiar with the tropical and southern hemisphere more so. And in fact, overall, I was assessing this today at 32 years diagnostic laboratory experience as both a clinical scientist and a biomedical scientist. The latter requires more, if you like, getting one's hands dirty on the bench and doing the work kind of job. So I do enjoy that far more. In 2008, somebody said to me, do you want to look at this test? It's called CDT. And I had no idea what CDT was, what it stood for. And they said to me, it's something new that's coming out and we're commercializing it. And it's to look at people who are at risk of chronic alcohol consumption. And uh, I thought, yeah, curiously, why not? And while I was working, there would be people who would come into the emergency department at night in the hospital and would have their blood taken, but normally they would be smelling of alcohol. So you could literally smell the alcohol and you would think they'd been binge drinking or whatever. So automatically the doctors would have to ask for, uh, or request for a uh, blood alcohol to be done. And this is a single time point measurement as to how much alcohol might be there. And I thought, I randomized those samples, so I had no idea who they were, and ran these same samples anonymously on that CDT analyzer and to my surprise I found that those who were testing negative for having consumed alcohol when they were being admitted had this elevated CDT and I couldn't understand why and more so those who were drinking and in fact what I imagined by now would be classed as chronic drinkers had both elevated alcohol and elevated CDT so it became a very uh, much a curiosity and between 2008 and 2010, I did a lot of uh, of this work in that manner. There weren't many samples, but private referral laboratories for uh, on behalf of airline companies were taking an interest into this marker because they were just doing the basic tests. And I started getting work from these companies also. And I was invited to present some of my work in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, uh, in 2012, December. So that was just after the Olympics. And unbeknown to me there were representatives of the international federation of clinical chemistry present and this is known as the ifcc this is the body that if you like it's form of international uh, clinicians scientists and so on that all the blood tests we have done in a laboratory they approve that so therefore any test that you have done that's where they approve so these people were there as representatives of cdt The IFCC members suggested that I join their group, which at the time they were trying to, if you like, rationalise how CDT was being done and make it a more recognised test. It was, if you like, a a sort of uh, research type of tool at the time. Uh, So I did, uh, if you like, uh, express my interest. And by 2015, I ended up becoming a member of this working group. And not only did I just become a member. But in 2018, I've suddenly found myself being the chair of the IFCC CDT Working Group, which is uh, an enormous platform personally for me. And since then, the, the IFCC has taken it on board that uh, I seem to be the sort of forefront to promote the test and educate about uh, the, the the presence of CDT.
2: What a story. Fascinating story, Jean. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you, you understand about World Without Wine and our community. Yes. So we yes. have a, a lot of people in our orbit that are, are drinking too much they know yes. that they're drinking so, too much and that's mm-hmm. why they come to us yes. and indeed I knew that I was drinking too much for years and years you have this niggling doubt but you don't quite know how to make a change yes. so what we do is we give people the how you know we, yeah. we give them the tools and the community to make that happen but what kind of uh, uses can you can you see for a, a community like ours or, or indeed anybody that um, is a bit worried that they're drinking too much?
0: Oh, indeed. Well, you, you've raised a very key point, Janet. I bet you when people say they think or they have a feeling or by their behaviour, by their mannerism, they, they are drinking too much. But it's, it's purely, if you like, a psych- psychological factor. It's a consideration. There's nothing physiological to show that one is drinking so much. So therefore, there has been this absence of inclusion of laboratory results. Within alcohol consumption, because people thought blood alcohol is not going to tell me uh, a lot. It is a one-point measurement, and alcohol, as we know, it evaporates. So th- there's an element of instability when measuring the alcohol. Also, it it I think it, the fact uh, its its self-admission one may. Have a feeling that they, they have this uh, drinking problem. But the, if someone will ask anyone having this issue, particularly GPs or clinicians facing this problem, filling questionnaires in, and you have many standardized and globally recognized questionnaires, people will never admit to what they actually drink. You know, a bottle of vodka will go down to a glass and, and so on. So, therefore, it, it is absolutely beneficial, I think, to have something in black and white to help a community, as you say, like yours. And, and I say this with, with all great respect because it is, that's where the stepping stone is to include laboratory testing, uh, detox centres, and people who are, in a way, I, I wouldn't call uh, yourself as a, a group selected with people having an alcohol problem, but I would say it's people who are ass- assessing their drinking lifestyle. Yes, I think I I hate this finger pointing view where people or doctors sometimes will say, oh, you've got a particularly, I'm sorry to say psychiatrists, say they have, oh, you've got a drinking problem. We have to address it that way. And this is all we're going to do. But I think it's if people actually acknowledge the way they are drinking, and if you have a result in black and white to show you that you are at risk of chronic drinking, uh, that's really a plus. And of course, people will say, well, what about binge drinking? You know, we have this reputation in the UK where in Newcastle people drink excessively at weekends and then do very little during the week and then start again uh, the following weekend. But in a younger population, their liver can metabolise the alcohol quite quickly. But as one uh, matures up to the age, let's say 40 onwards, uh, it takes longer for the alcohol to be metabolised. And even some individuals, for example, in the, the Chinese population, alcohol metabolism is is very much different because they only drink a small amount and that can cause uh, a sort of drinking issue uh, within the chinese population per se Uh, so therefore i think that's a very important factor to to have uh, in mind and and assess and and have it uh, set uh, within this format and therefore having a blood test would be very important
1: you're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober.
2: Yeah, well many of us including me we we go to our GPs. Yeah, you know, we know yes. we're drinking too much but we don't we're a bit embarrassed. We don't want to say anything. Yes, uh, exactly. But, but I used to say things like, "Oh, will, will you just check that my liver's okay? I've been yes. uh, hitting the wine this last week <laughs> Yes. Time stupid yes. like that yeah and the yeah. guy would run the test and he'd say oh your liver's fine yeah. so what what tests are they that they're doing the G. right
0: in fact what is done is uh, the traditional markers when people will say oh I have an alcohol problem is in fact the liver they will do the liver function test because what happens is many of the proteins uh, in our bodies include excluding the immunoglobulins which fight infection uh, are in fact synthesized in the liver. And therefore, if there is a, an issue with alcohol, alcohol will actually, if you like, impact or have a factor on the way the liver behaves in terms of metabolism and synthesis. So, doing liver function tests, they're looking at protein and enzymes that are derived from the liver. They th- believed, I must say, historically that uh, it gave an indication whether someone had an alcohol issue or there was an alcohol problem. So it, it was linked more with liver dysfunction. But the problem with liver function tests is they are not specific for alcohol consumption. Uh, you know, they can be related to also that someone could have a liver carcinoma, they could have something else impacting the medication, impacting on the liver or even on the circulation. And therefore, it would not be a reliable if you like, marker uh, as such. And therefore, they are known as traditional markers and people have adhered to them because they didn't think there was anything else in the laboratory available apart from blood alcohol to measure.
2: So someone like myself, for example, when I was drinking, uh, I've been alcohol-free for six years now, which I'm very proud of. well done, yes. But when I was drinking, I would easily drink a bottle of wine every evening. Yes. And my, my GP would always say, you know, your liver's fine, no mm-hmm. problems. If I'd had a CDT test back then, what what would that have said?
0: If you were consuming a bottle of wine every evening and didn't feel the effects of that and your liver function test uh, wasn't affected, that means your liver was quite robust. But if you were consuming uh, that same amount for seven to ten days, daily your cdt would be absolutely elevated and i could guarantee that because i've seen it so therefore that would have been an immediate indicator maybe with you uh, having a a cdt test done uh, uh, 10 days to uh, a a fortnight after you know you've suspected you had an issue with alcohol that result would have been shown to you in black and white uh, as such so that would be very much relevant compared to, to these traditional markers
2: I mean, that can be a lifesaver because I, I swear if a doctor had shown me something and said, look, you know, you're harming your health here with yes. all these booze," I would have stopped. I would have found a way to stop. But well, well, I just felt, yeah. oh, well, it's normal. And of course, alcohol has been so normalized. Yes. Um, you know, so everybody's drinking. And, and I would say to my friends sometimes, do you think I'm drinking too much? They go, no, you're fine. Yes, yeah. So, this is
0: it. Yeah, it is the norm. But uh, government bodies have to find a balance between having reliable tests done, particularly which gives results in black and white, and also not, if you like, counteract alcohol companies. And when you have something that just gives you this little marker and say, look, guess what? It's like doing a a car MOT. You know, just check what you're drinking. That's why I call it a a lifestyle assessment rather than, you know, putting people in a box and saying, oh, you have a drinking problem.
2: Yeah, I said, that's great, you know, because if yes. someone had shown that to me in my early years of drinking before I'd got kind of completely hooked, yes. yeah. I would have adjusted it, and I probably then would have been able to moderate. But of well, course, exactly. yes. like, like many other people, I've I've gone way past that stage. I yeah. can't moderate yes.
0: that. But uh, what I must say also is when people talk about alcohol and drinking problems, most people just go directly to the liver because that's more or less directed, if you like, in a clinical view – That it's the liver that's the major concern when someone's having uh, alcohol uh, issues uh, or challenges, I should say. Well, in fact, it impacts on the neurological factors, uh, on sexual function, on other parts of the body. So, even feeling weakness, tiredness, uh, an element of loneliness or feeling isolated, all that is under the umbrella of excessive alcohol consumption. A psychiatrist may be able to pick these factors up. But the fact that I think many clinicians think it's just a liver function test that will give you the answer from the laboratory angle is perhaps not quite the right approach.
2: Yes, we do do become obsessed with the liver, of course. But uh, I mean, alcohol is related to seven different types of cancer these days. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yes, all sorts of other complications, colorectal cancers, uh, well, liver cancer in itself, and I'm talking excessive mega consumption of alcohol over many years can will result in obviously liver cirrhosis where the liver literally degenerates and therefore what people may think they have as normal diagnostic results in fact is a very poor liver performing Uh, and almost sometimes very little of the liver is left that is actually performing properly so you know it does raise concern if anything as yes, such.
2: because fr- from what I gather, the scarring kind of builds up, doesn't it, over the, the decades yes, until yes. it can't function, and then
0: it's cirrhosis. Yes, isn't it? yes, exactly. You get liver fibrosis and liver fatty liver of, of uh, alcoholism also, which sometimes can be quite irreversible.
2: And what about this um, liver stiffness test? The uh, it's a kind of ultrasound, I think. Where does that sit in between the blood tests, the CDT? And... Exactly,
0: and I think not being from that side of science. I think this is more an imaging or radiological aspect. So it actually provides you rather than a number or a postulation, but an actual image of what act is happening within an organ or to an organ. So it will reveal a lot in terms of its function. But the, the only catch would be, Janet, is uh, between a laboratory and an imaging test, there can be a vast amount of money spent for those, so a laboratory can, can cost just a few pounds, whereas imaging techniques, depending where it's done, if it's done through a, a health service that's sponsored, fine, but it still does. It can cost up to a hundred, uh, if not more pounds. Let's say if you're looking at the UK type of setting. So there is a, a cost factor, but it equally gives a, a good picture, but it doesn't give a, a, a if you like, a value. To what it is. It gives an image, a representation of what is there. But if you have a diagnostic test, which has a value also, that will reflect what is being found. So, in fact, they could literally walk hand in hand.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms,
0: And this is what I would suggest, is don't go to the one, one test, one method only. It's good to have a spectrum or what I would call a profiling. And that gives a much clearer picture in terms of progress and management.
2: If someone goes to their GP and yes. says, I want a CDT test, what happens then?
0: If they ask for it directly, the GP will say, oh, well, this person knows what they're talking about, so I better go in and do something. What would be required is uh, blood to be collected. Now, this is purely, I'm i am talking in terms of only in a clinical setting cdt has been known in a forensic setting which we'll, which i'll come to shortly but in a clinical setting that is going to see your doctor and say i would like a cdt test for no legal reasons just to see that you want a number to attach to your drinking habits uh, then all they would do is have the blood collected and then have the test sent to the laboratory now if the local laboratory cannot do this they can have an arrangement with a centre where CDT is measured. I say centre because to my astonishment, every diagnostic laboratory that we know of should be able to measure CDT. And I'm sort of sometimes flabbergasted as to why this test hasn't been taken up to the way it is. But there was something, if you recall from our last meeting, the, the psychiatrist said he thought it was to do with the price and the cost of the test. In previous times, it probably would cost... It would seem to be like an enormous thing to do because it was a test done by very few specialist centres or areas. But on average now, to tell you the truth, CDT costs around, I would say around a figure, 30 euros. So it, 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 for the cost of having that done, one could establish whether you're at risk of chronic uh, alcohol abuse, excessive abuse. You can modify and manage how you do it. And your clinician can help you manage better the the situation rather than go through the extremes compared to look at how much a COVID test is costing Mm -hmm. between £80 to £180 some people are paying or even an imaging uh, technique can cost up to £200 let's say in the UK so you know compared to that sort of price you can get a test that's reliable particularly in an alcohol related environment uh, a, a realistic picture which a questionnaire will not give you. And yet you feel if you feel a questionnaire, have a CDT test and maybe imaging. Can you imagine a fuller picture?
2: Yeah. So going back to our GP for a moment, he's yes. has the test done, he's got the yes. results. You've got another appointment. Is he going to be able to interpret them properly for you and give you an honest picture of how at risk you are?
0: Indeed. Clinicians can get guidelines from the the, the medical councils and, and, uh, in fact, fact the IFCC or even through the IFCC bodies like ours uh, through that. Just to give you some background facts about CDT, because why it is an exceptional test, which why clinicians would, would adhere to this, it has a half-life of about 10 to 14 days, which means that if, for example, someone consumes excessively for a period of a week and then have their blood test done for CDT, that cdt will still be elevated even though if they stop drinking a couple of days before you know like sometimes people think oh i'll get my blood sugar done if i don't eat that much chocolate i'll uh, i'll have a normal glucose so with cdt unlike alcohol it if you like it goes on an average of 2 weeks because of the half its, it's half life so therefore this person will have an elevated cdt and they will go to their gp And or their doctor and the doctor will say, oh, my gosh, this is an elevated result. What does it mean? So it means they've consumed between 50 to 80 grams of alcohol the prior two weeks or 10 days. And that equates to about half a bottle of wine, two cans of beer or 125 ml of spirits over that time period. Every evening. Every evening over the last 10 days to have caused the CDT to become elevated. Uh, You know, you may not find this in an alcohol if they measure it spot on, because they probably wouldn't have consumed 24 to 48 hours before. So it is regarded to be one of the best retrospective marker for alcohol consumption uh, as a result. But having said that, it will take another two weeks for the CDT level to normalise once it's become elevated, because that's the half-life. So therefore. One would then, after two weeks, if you would have a CDT test and no alcohol was consumed and there was complete abstinence, that CDT would normalize. But in a chronic abuser, if they consume the smallest amount of alcohol in that time period of abstinence, thinking, oh, I'll just have a quick drink, that will cause the CDT to remain elevated. So it is a very good long term marker, just like the diabetic uh, marker HbA1c. it it is of a similar principle. So therefore, retrospectively, it's quite good. And it is regarded to be the most specific marker for uh, chronic consumption because there are no false positive results. So, and in terms of of its stability, it really overrides what are known as the traditional markers. In other words, the standard liver function tests. And more importantly, CDT now has one global cutoff. So if you go above this cutoff anywhere in the world, you're either denoted to be very uh, sort of uh, clinically at risk or if it's done for forensic purposes, there is a higher cutoff. And that's used by the the legal uh, firms and so on for that and authorities.
1: You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. I can
2: I can see another use for it in that um, if, if a GP or, or some kind of person is helping you to, to drink less, they can use it to monitor. And if I think if you know that the following week you're going to have that test again and it'll show if you've been drinking. Exactly, Even yes. all like right. To stick to it. It makes me think of Weight Watchers. You know how you yeah. go there and they, yeah. they weigh you every week.
0: <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, to, sh- to just to give a classic example with uh, with a uh, general practice, this is why I promoted the test here in, in East London, in particular in the UK, was when patients would go in with the the symptoms we've talked about before, in terms of feeling depressed, isolated, and not sure what was really wrong with them, but didn't appear to have an alcohol problem when filling a questionnaire. But when, uh, if you like, they were counseled about having this CDT test done, a number of them had positive CDT tests. And because the doctor could then turn back to them and say, well, this result came up net positive, uh, maybe you do have an alcohol problem. Then they start admitting, they start thinking, as I say, about their drinking lifestyle. Within six months of being so conscious that they've seen a result in black and white, That has changed their lifestyle completely, their drinking lifestyle, and all the things they had abnormal with them just restored. So it shows you there wasn't a great deal to be done clinically, there was no medication, but just the fact that uh, they had a test done and it was an eye-opener.
2: I've worked with people that have come to me because, you know, they want to stop their drinking, but they've also been in therapy for years, some of them, about their anxiety. Uh, Then they work with us, they ditch the drink, and then miraculously, you know, the anxiety is gone, they're off the antidepressants. Yes, yes. You know, they say this is is
0: magic. Uh, And you've worked on what is a brilliant aspect. Without the science, you've achieved this from their angle but can you imagine if you added a test to that scenario it would be really so concrete and particularly because within your group which is very important you have that clinical support as well uh with, with a medic being on board uh, i think that's extremely relevant because then you can have someone with the knowledge the clinical knowledge to certify and, and manage those, those results that come across Uh, Absolutely. So
2: we've got our our Dr. Judy. So really people in our community that want it, they should uh, direct through
0: her. Oh, absolutely. This this would be a great asset, particularly if she runs a clinic or has facility to running a clinic where blood would be collected so easily. That would make life a lot, lot easier. Uh, And that would be very, very important. I don't know if it's the case in South Africa, but in the UK, it's become a major problem the things that sold the most during the lockdown, particularly during the COVID period, has been alcohol. And there's been enormous online purchases. And people are drinking thinking, oh, well, we'll enjoy the drink because we don't have to work, we don't have to do this. But does one realise how many are at risk of chronic abuse now or chronic, uh, uh, if you like, consumption? But not only that, those who say they're binge drinking, if you total those number of binges together it will obviously lead to chronicity. Now, I wonder how many people are feeling depressed already, having neurological problems, not really because they thought it was of COVID and its symptoms, but in fact, it's because of alcohol. And can you imagine the number of people who are missing out on being tested now and where clinicians would manage these people better rather than assume they have a, if you like, a psychological issue because they don't know where it's coming from and put them on medication. You know, we're treating the symptoms, but we're not finding out what the cause is, um, yeah. which is where I think uh, uh, is very important.
2: I mean, many people don't realise the link between alcohol and depression and oh, anxiety. Oh, yes, do they?
0: absolutely. It's, it's, they're, they're closely linked together.
2: Yeah, well, certainly here as well as um, the UK, people are working from home, they're working on Zoom, they've got a glass oh, yes. of wine.
0: Time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes. And that, that's it's, Every household is in a similar situation, being one member or all the members of, of that household. But it's happening. And it's also happening with university students. You have a young, I don't know if, if it's the case in South Africa, but you're getting a younger population who are drinking a lot more. Uh, and therefore, that's becoming an issue because they're already scarring their livers at an earlier stage, although they may be able to cope better. But in the longer term, the damage will be there. And if they find it difficult to come off alcohol, and if there's no one to help them manage this this level of consumption, uh, then we are talking talking about troubles ahead. These are the people you will see in your next groups in years to come.
2: Yeah, yeah. uh,
0: As such, which is alarming, but uh, you know that's the reality.
2: But that's again why why the CDT could could be so, you know, helpful for to just to have many many people tested. And I yes. think it's it's yes. a wake it's a wake-up call, isn't yes. it? Yes. Absolutely
0: make- Janet. And I would say you may get some challenges from clinicians saying this is not a screening test. Okay, I agree. We shouldn't be screening everybody for this, but it should be a, a test which is split into two groups and that's how it works at the moment. You have the forensic testing, that's where if you like CDT has become extremely credible, and you have clinical testing. And I'll distinguish between the two. Forensic testing, it's the transport industry. Driver licensing, aviation, airline pilots, uh, the railways, anything to do with public transport, these individuals should be tested. Now, uh, a number of countries, their driver licensing agencies, for example, in the UK, the DVLA uses CDT. And they do about, I don't know, 20,000 tests per year or something around that figure. So it is a large number. And of those, they do find many drivers who who are at risk and driving at risk of of, uh, sort of under the influence, let's say. Uh, But also it also identifies those who are chronically at risk, not just acute abusers, uh, which is very important. And in the airline industry, uh, you may have heard of stories whereby a British Airways pilot was dragged off the cockpit from a flight bound for Mauritius uh, at Gatwick Airport uh, earlier this year because they were worried about his alcohol consumption and he tested positive. Again, there was a Japanese airline pilot who was found to be positive and he actually publicly apologized in in tradition uh, that he had consumed a lot of alcohol. So a number, I say not all, a number of airline companies are using CDT as one of their markers for alcohol consumption. That's done uh, greatly by uh, airlines in the Arab world, in, uh, in Asia, and uh, in the UK. I think you will find some do, and many don't. So I won't mention names. And, and also, it, it's become uh, well known on that basic. I know some people do the transport in terms of not just driver licensing, but the rail. But to date, nobody's told me anybody who does testing for CDT in maritime environments So can you imagine all these ships going around? Uh, Detox centers. I don't know if you would class yourself as a detox center, but more or less a sort of uh, facilitating the process of uh, coming off alcohol, essential for getting alcohol marker measurement. And emergency departments, uh, they see a number of alcoholics. Sometimes they say, oh, he's an alcoholic. But if they knew this was a chronic person, they could manage this person better at at follow-ups. The armed forces, how many veterans return uh, feeling depressed and then going suffering from PTSD and consuming a lot of alcohol? They don't get any help and support. Obviously, liver clinics. So if there is a lot of uh, uh, liver hepatology services in South Africa in particular, that would be good to have uh, alcohol markers such as CDT included. And of course, sports medicine. Some people woke up and shot certain people in the past, unknowingly. But was alcohol ever sort of put into that equation? You know, could the CDT have helped maybe assist with things like that? And people who consume drugs also will consume alcohol uh, as well.
2: There's there's obviously so many different uses for this thing and, and it can save thousands of lives. So, so, can I ask you what you and your colleagues are, are doing to get the, the word out there? That- well,
0: to get the word out, it's very much thanks to you, Janet, and the, the other meeting I had the other day. That was one of the first for me. So, within the IFCC and my involvement with the IFCC and the working group was we've managed to standardise CDT testing. Hence, the One Global Cut-Off, and hence the name CDT-IFCC. So, anybody who will ask for a CDT test, say they would need a CDT-IFCC. The classic CDT is less reliable because it's not standardised anything you can trace, whereas the ICC version is. So, therefore, that is a very important aspect uh, to consider within that that, that structure of asking for a CDT. As such.
2: So, what you guys really need is some kind of sales force. (laughs) Totally,
0: absolutely. You see, as I said, the science has been achieved But we need, uh, which scientists do not know, a good marketing and uh, education and awareness. In fact, I had a meeting with the main board of the ICC not so long ago, and that was the key factor. But the problem is, because of all the regulations now, the manufacturers are happy to promote the test for CDT testing, but they cannot sponsor the speakers,
2: Okay, Jean. Well, my, my last question is, there's going to be people listening to this. There'll be people that want to have a test. There yes. might be some medics, you know, that are oh, interested in maybe yes. helping. Yes. So, are you happy for me to put your contact details in my show notes? So Absolute
0: can- pleasure. Yes, my mode, my mobile number even, because I'll be more than wow. happy to discuss the CDT with anybody.
2: So, there you heard scientist jean Dean Mamont not only explaining what a CDT test is, but also how you can get one. He's even generously offered to share his contact details so that wherever you're listening to this, wherever you are in the world, he can help you access a test. Check out the show notes for his details. As usual, I'm going to pull out some key points from that conversation for you to reflect on. Now, the first thing that struck me is that traditional liver function blood test that many of us have relied upon for years is really not very reliable. It's not a reliable indicator of alcohol harm. We seem to be obsessed by the liver, but in fact, um, alcohol harms many different parts of our body. My liver function tests were always great, but then I went on to develop breast cancer. And, of course, now we know that alcohol is linked to seven different types of cancer. The CDT test is a far more reliable indicator of excess alcohol consumption and it will show elevated markers if the person has been drinking half a bottle of wine every evening. Now, elevated CDT markers are a clear message to make a change. And as Jean explained, this test is a brilliant tool for assessing our drinking lifestyle. It's a kind of M.O.T. to see if we're at risk of chronic alcohol consumption. It's not a test that's going to put you in a box and call you an alcoholic. It's a lifestyle assessment which can prompt you to make a life-changing adjustment in your behaviour. Now, seeing the result in black and white as a number can make all the difference. It certainly would have shocked me into changing my habits years earlier. So I believe the key is for people to do this test if they're worried about their drinking. Do a CDT test, get an early warning, and you may even be able to adjust your consumption rather than having to stop altogether. After all, if you can drink consistently within the low risk limits of one and a half bottles of wine a week, then you're unlikely to be risking your health. Another thing we talked about was the fact that many people go to their doctor with anxiety and or depression, but they're reluctant to be open about how much they're drinking. Now, if the doctor does a CDT test, it will quite simply open the conversation up about alcohol. And if necessary, the doctor can recommend that they quit drinking for a while. And what's likely to happen is that the mood of the patient will lift and they'll make that connection between alcohol and their anxiety and they may well stop drinking. So anyone wanting a CDT test should go to their GP. If you're unable to source it, then just contact Jean. His details are in the show notes. This test isn't even expensive. It works out at about 600 rand. Members should contact our medic, Dr Judy, She's a fan of the CDT test, and she'll organize one for you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.
1: Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.